Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Chelsea McLaughlin, and filling in for Laura again is... Katie, I'm back! <laughs> Hi, Katie! I didn't get any abusive messages from Laura last night about covering Love Island, so I've been back in the pod studio today. You are, and what a day to be back, because we have the most intense news coverage right now. There is a A-list relationship announcement that we're going to talk through. There is also a huge wedding happening as we record, so we're going to go into all of those details. But first, here are the news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Love is in the air, folks. Aussie actor Rebel Wilson shared a selfie on Instagram this morning with the caption, I thought I was searching for a Disney prince, but maybe what I really needed all this time was a Disney princess. The photo, of course, was with her new partner, a gorgeous blonde woman who I had personally never seen before, so I did some digging for us all. Her name is Ramona Agruma, and she's a fashion designer at a sustainable clothing company in LA called Lemon V. Limon. And that is spelt differently. I'm not just saying lemon wrong. (laughs) Revel told People Magazine a couple months ago that she had met her current partner through a friend and they got to know each other in an old school way with heaps of phone calls. She also shared a really mushy statement about falling in love, saying, I think going through the process of finding more self-worth, I think that what you want in a partner gets elevated. And so it's great to have someone who feels like an equal partner and to be in a healthy relationship. We're so happy for her. So no disrespect to our dear friends, Brooklyn Beckham and Kourtney Kardashian, (laughs) but today the real wedding of the year is going down. Britney Jean Spears, an icon and a legend, is today marrying her longtime partner, Sam Ascari. And all the news from the wedding is trickling in as we record. So we're going to run through everything we know so far. If there's any major developments post-record, we'll either like sprint back in here <laughs> or we will deliver the news next week. So don't worry. The early headlines are already extremely interesting. Let's kick off with a few key details. I guess this wedding is just you know, interesting and special and noteworthy because for so long Brett was unable to make her own decisions about her relationship and, you know, have these major milestones. Last year when she spoke about her conservatorship in an open court for the first time, she said that she'd, you know, been unable to even drive in a car alone with Sam. And they've been dating since they met on the set of a music video in 2016. So it's a pretty long relationship. The wedding is taking place at Brett's LA home and Classic Daily Mail, they've had helicopters in the air taking photos of like the tents and the entire setup, which feels ick. But the wildest story to come out of the wedding so far is actually really horrible. 
So TMZ have reported that, and you know, they actually have images of Jason Alexander, who is the man that Britney married for 55 days in 2004 and that spur of the moment Vegas wedding. Do you oh, remember that? Yes, yes, yes. A nice Vegas hitch, but it didn't end well. No, not at all. And it's very strange. So he supposedly crashed the wedding. He turned up at Brit's house. He was on Instagram live basically claiming he was going to crash the event. And then disturbingly, he actually made it inside. How? Yeah, there was security there. So there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered on this. Police responded to a trespassing call and there's actually images on TMZ of him being restrained. So in response, Brittany's lawyer, Matthew Rosengard, told TMZ that he's, quote, absolutely livid about this, as you would be. He said, thankfully, you know, Brit's safe and that he is working personally with the sheriff's department to ensure that Alexander is prosecuted. And so I was like, you know the name, but what's he been up to for the last 20 years? And it's actually quite disturbing. He pled guilty in January to stalking an unidentified woman. So there's really scary layers here of how this happened. I think this is going to be a part of this wedding that's going to evolve over the next few days. But let's change tack. We'll talk about guest list because yes. that's what everyone <laughs> wants to know. <laughs> so Brittany's sons, Sean and Jaden, were not there. K-Fed, also not there, probably unsurprising. He said through his lawyers that all three of them were pretty happy for Brittany and they wish the couple all the best. Oh, so like amicable. Yeah, I think. I'm not RSVPing, but All thanks. of the sort of statements that K-Fed's had in the last, I want to say, two years, like they've seemed pretty amicable and he's just sort of like doing his own thing, but like not standing in the way of anything, I suppose. Britt's brother, Brian, was there, but, you know, again, unsurprisingly, none of the rest of the family were. So her dad, Jamie, her mum, Lynn, her sister, Jamie, Jamie Lynn. Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I will never, ever get over that naming situation. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Another thing that I thought was quite funny was Sam, he went to the gym a few hours before the wedding. Is that common practice for grooms? Does that not just show so much about the differences of like a traditional, typical wedding experience between a bride and a groom? Yeah, I feel like brides are in hair and makeup from like four o'clock in the morning and he's going to go pump some iron at the gym. (laughs) Like, (laughs) So funny. So, you know, it was an exclusive, quote, exclusive guest list. I saw it reported as a small wedding and there's 100 people. That's a lot of people. That's very small. So celebs we know that were there, Madonna... Selena Gomez, Gwyneth Paltrow, Paris Hilton, Kate Hudson. So like all the famous blondes, yeah. basically. <laughs> yes. Good point. Selena Gomez is like, oh, I should have dyed my hair. <laughs> we know Donatella Versace was there. She actually posted on Instagram like this video of her walking to the car to go to the event with Oops, I Did It Again and playing in the oh, background. Love that. So Donatella's good. like a meme in of herself. I love her. So good. We haven't seen the outfit yet, and I think everyone will be dying mm-hmm. to see the outfit that photo is going to be amazing. All we know is that Versace were designing it. Yeah. I feel like I haven't seen Britney Spears in a long dress in about 30 years. That's true. So I feel like short or mullet. Well, they're having a moment. <laughs> That's a very Courtney Kardashian thing to do. A short wedding dress is going to become like the it thing. Yeah, hopefully. Hey, we can't make fashion predictions on this podcast. <laughs> this is not the fashion You're podcast. You're going to need to listen to what are you wearing for that one. That is not our place. <laughs> I just feel like there's no one in the world I want happiness for more than I want Britney to be happy. Completely agree. And I feel like after this stalking kind of strange hiccup yeah. in the wedding is not good. Hopefully that's cleared up. He's not coming back for the reception or anything like that. Because otherwise I'll just feel like I'll have the background track of leave Britney alone yeah, playing exactly. the entire time. But no, this is good happy news for Britney. We love to hear it. <laughs> 
I finished my work week on my couch. Ordered some food. It's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. We got so excited about Britney's wedding that we forgot to tease at the start of the show that it is Weekend watch time. Yay. Katie, you are here for a weekend watch. I How am. exciting. It's the best time of the week. It is. I always love these segments on the show as a OG fangirl of this film. <laughs> well, we have two amazing TV shows for you this weekend. Katie, talk me through yours. Yes, I have a really good one for you guys this week. I'm recommending Everything I Know About Love, which is a new show that premiered on Stan this week. The first Friday night in our first London house. Woo! What's this? It's a list of things to talk about in case there are any awkward silences. Oh, <laughs> council tax. Yeah. Russell Brown. Maggie! Maggie's got a boyfriend. Nothing will change, Maggie. That's only a thing people say when everything's changing. Everyone I know has got so old and unfun. Hi! And I'm like, sorry I want to live before I die. So it's based on the memoir of the same name by Dolly Alderton and I'm about to get real humble braggy right now <laughs> because I got to interview Dolly this week. You did. Yeah. Everyone in the office was so jealous. Oh, I like melted on the call. She was everything I could have dreamed of and more and I do have a tragic screenshot of the video interview where we both <laughs> look really awful but I'm probably going to frame it anyway. <laughs> So for those who don't know, Dolly was a dating columnist in London for years and worked as a producer on the reality show Made in Chelsea before going on to launch her own podcast called The High Low and essentially become my hypothetical best friend. (laughs) So during her 20s, she went on a lot of dates, which led to a heap of hilarious sex stories, lived with her best mates in a flat show in London and tried to figure out what the hell she was doing with her life. And that's what the show follows. So Dolly's fictionalized equivalent is called Maggie. And her and her three best friends are all dating, shagging, applying for jobs, making massive mistakes, getting drunk and throwing queen themed dance raves in their living room. So, you know, all the good stuff. That was the best sentence I've ever heard. (laughs) So Dolly told me, still feels real crazy to say (laughs) that, that the process of turning her life into a TV show, she had to sort of do the unexpected and lean into the really cringe elements of her life. Mm -hmm. I think she kind of wanted to chop them out, but she knew they would be great for the show, which explains why there's great scenes of Maggie dancing around the house in a G-banger for like three minutes. It's great. (laughs) So while the story itself is fab, the two things that blew me away were the fashion and the music in the show. So the whole thing is set in 2012, which I don't know if you remember, Chelsea, wasn't the best time for fashion. I was watching it and I was like, I have a sense of nostalgia (laughs) for 2012. Yeah. And I was like, that is extremely confronting. Yeah. There's some quality, quality looks. There's like the preppy doily collars that we all tried. (laughs) Like stockings and brogues were a big thing. There's a lot of big bird style fluffy jackets as well, which I kind of... Like, I miss those now. I feel like it must have been a London thing. Oh, yes, true. This is all set in London, so cold weather appropriate as well. as lots of, yeah, stockings and fluffy things. The iPhone 5 makes a cameo appearance wow. as well. It's a lot of nostalgic sort of vibes across the show. And with the soundtrack, all I'm going to say is this TV series that blasts both S Club 7 and Dizzy Rascal. It's going to feel like a masterpiece to me. <laughs> So that's my reco, everything I know about love for a weekend watch that will have you laughing, crying and dancing around in your underpants. All episodes are ready and waiting for you on Stan. I'm recommending Queer as Folk. So it is a reimagining of Russell T Davies' groundbreaking 90s series of the same name. 
So the new show was brought about by Stephen Dunn, a showrunner who used to watch the original very quietly in his basement because it made him feel less alone. And you can really tell while watching it that it is a real labour of love for him. And the entire cast and crew and everything that went into this, it is just so heart-wrenching and also heartwarming. It's a really joyfully diverse series. It's representative and it's just so good. (laughs) So the first season is built around a shooting tragedy at a gay nightclub in New Orleans. It's reminiscent of the real-life 2016 Pulse nightclub tragedy in Florida. How are you feeling? I'm kind of nervous. I've never performed on, like, a real stage before. I really want this. And you'll get it. Thank you, Mom. You don't remember what happened? Since that night, this entire part of myself that made me feel okay is gone. Are we ever gonna be okay again? All of us survivors struggle every G-damn day. If one more person calls me brave, hey. I'm gonna kick them full on. Actually, not survivors. Hey, 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 stop. Thrivers. So yeah, it is pretty heart-wrenching. It definitely ripped my soul into little pieces. But <laughs> brutal. But the rest of the season is spent slowly like putting it back together again. And as we watch this group of friends as they reckon separately with the aftermath and also, you know, together and rebuilding their community. And it's just super heartwarming. And so I understand it sounds really dark and that, you know, the tragedy is done in an extremely sensitive and careful way. But the show's not all doom and gloom. It maintains like a sense of joy throughout it. And, you know, Dunn actually said in an interview with Variety that that was a decision born out of meetings that he actually went and had with Pulse nightclub survivors. And that he sort of realised that, you know, these were people who had gone through something tragic, but they still had senses of humour and charm and just, you know, like hopes and dreams. And, and I guess like a queer joy, basically. And you can feel that sense of like deep, deep love running throughout the show. And so I found it so wonderful to watch. It's funny, it's warm, it's kind of soapy in a sense. Okay, yeah. And and it's also sexy. There's a lot of sex in <laughs> But it's also just really defiant and important. And so I highly, highly recommend. I think it's one of my favourite new shows of the year so far. And all eight eps are out now on Stan. Well, thanks so much for listening to The Spill today. It's Friday. It's a long weekend this weekend for those of us here in Australia, and I definitely need it. (laughs) I will not lie. I am dying for this long weekend. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining us yesterday and today. I hope you've had fun. A double whammy. What a treat for me. Thanks, guys, (laughs) for having me. This episode of The Spill was produced by Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye.